to Dear Legal Ops, the podcast tackling tough topics impacting today's evolving legal operations community anonymously. This podcast is made for and by the Legal Ops community. So grab that glass of wine and get comfy as we share stories from the Legal Ops community aimed at digging deeper to find and release your inner brilliance, personally and professionally. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Legal Ops. I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. You might want to tighten those seatbelts because we're steering our wagon onto the superhighway of generative AI today. In our letter, we're unpacking and hacking into the concept of generative AI, uncovering its implications for the legal industry, and digging deep into how we've seen this before with e-discovery. But hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, because we're not just stopping at the glitzy surface of automated tasks and rapid negotiations. We're also tackling the Megan matrix. How do we ensure that generative AI complements, not threatens, the irreplaceable human element of our legal profession. In season two, we continue to spotlight the fearless pioneers in our in-house legal ops and legal tech landscape, bringing you all the insights from ground zero of this transformative wave. And who better to ride this wave with than our very special guest for today's episode, Kyle Kelly, founder and CEO of Prediscovered. Kyle's unique perspective was shaped by the intricate challenges of digital security, where he worked at Pfizer. But that's not just the beginning. His journey then led him to the dynamic world of e-discovery at Salesforce and other companies before diving headfirst into the cryptocurrency world at Coinbase, navigating the uncharted waters of e-discovery and technical program management issues. His diverse experiences from building to engineering to leading these programs in e-discovery, they've equipped him with a rare and I personally think valuable perspective for our listeners. Kyle's incredible insights is a testament to the power of innovation, adaptability, and the relentless pursuit of creating impactful solutions in the legal tech landscape. But even better, Kyle's one of my good friends. When I was new to San Francisco, he welcomed me with open arms making my transition from Credit Karma in Charlotte to the Bay Area as smooth as Carl the Fog. We've even shared a bed once or twice before in Vegas. Our bond extends beyond professional interests in legal tech and legal ops, often finding me cheering on his dodgeball team or weekend shenanigans at high tops. And I proudly serve as that team mom for the dodgeball team. In essence, Kyle's friendship has been a beacon of warmth and guidance making my journey in the Bay Area truly unforgettable. So, y'all ready? Let's kick off this artificial party, Animal House style. We're about to explore the brave new world of generative AI, hear the hum of innovation, and dive deep into the courage and heart it takes to navigate this digital transformation. So please, sit back, and let's dive into our letter with Kyle, where we bridge the gap between the voices behind the letters and the vibrant community surrounding us. But first, grab that glass and get comfy as we dig deeper into Dear Legal Ops. Our letter today comes from Megan, an enthusiastic AI in-house evangelist who is making more than a few attorneys quiver in their custom-tailored suits. Our generative gal writes, Dear Legal Ops, 
I often find myself staying up late at night reading about the intersection of AI, technology, and trust. Me too. Both fascinating and terrifying for my human counterparts in the legal profession. From e-discovery to contract lifecycle management, I've heard whispers of how generative AI can transform traditional processes. But how do we strike a balance where technology complements, not threatens, the human element in the profession? Is there a playbook for success? Or is this just a digital deja vu? Oh, Megan, I think we can help you along the way. And speaking of, we're about to go on a journey today. And not just alone. Oh, no, no, no. Y'all, joining the Dear Legal Ops studio today is a visionary in the world of business intelligence, data security, and how technology can shape the legal industry's future. Kyle Kelly, founder and CEO of Prediscovered. Kyle, my friend, it is such a joy to have you today. Could you share a little bit about yourself, your journey, and what makes you such a unique voice in this community? Well, first of all, Tom, thank you so much. It is a true honor to be here on Dear Legal Ops podcast, first and foremost. Second of all, I appreciate the adventure that we're going to go on today, talking about generative AI in the terms of legal ops and e-discovery. But I didn't just come out of the womb talking about generative AI. Back then, it was probably something more like Goo Goo Gaga Netscape Navigator or something similar. But (laughs) that might just have aged myself moving forward. Oh, perfect, perfect. No, we do it all the time on the show here, so. Love that. For those that may not know, Kyle and I, we've we've been around the conference circuit together. We have uh, hung out. Um, I mean, being both in the Bay Area, you've both introduced me to the community here, which is outside of my professional space, and also been kind of, a really interesting person to watch because it kind of reminds me a little bit about my story too, where, you know, from law firm paralegal to in-house corporate legal ops and now to being a community advocate and champion as my day job, which is the best job ever. It's really interesting to see the non-traditional paths and how they open the door to emerging technologies. And so to Megan's letter itself, What I think is interesting and why I wanted to pull this one today is because generative AI, and so for those out there, we're talking about like an open AI's chat GPT, has been rapidly evolving and its implications for the legal industry, I think are, they're vast, right? It's creating a steep change in technology. I was thinking about ways I was going to describe this today. And for me, it's that, We had those monochromatic computer systems that were the size of what would be our 55-inch TV today. Then we upgraded to that Nokia flip phone. And then, you know, the introduction of Netflix and chill. I think these technological earthquakes over time, they signify these altered user behaviors. So Kyle, what do you think is the hype around having these unknowns shake us to our core and change not just like our professional world, but like our personal world too, right? I mean, when you turn on the news, it's all you're hearing about. Yeah, no, I think that we are at a pivotal moment. I mentioned Netscape Navigator in jest a little earlier. And I honestly think that as I my experience into the crypto world where that being Web3, 
we're redoing this cycle all over again. We're at the infancy of the next leap. I believe that search as we know it is going to be something that we'll be talking about similar to your Nokia, you know, 3310. Yes. And that's scary, right? But at the same time, it's also exciting. And it's good to see that it's getting the press and people are, are talking about it. It's not just happening like the first Web 1.0 where it was a bunch of nerds in Silicon Valley beeping and booping all over the place. Is is now no longer just located in Silicon Valley. Things like ChatGPT, things like large language models are going to be revolutionary to every work, every piece of life. We're going to be able to have a conversation with generative AI, similar to like how we're having a conversation today. The contextual ability of these large language models to take questions and provide context outside of just like, hey, here's 10,000 pages of results that might be relevant. The relevancy is going to be totally different. And the way that we're all going to learn and our productivity is going to change dramatically with having access to these tools, but also similarly how we had internet and email, we need to make sure that it's secure as well. We need to make sure that we are in a place where there can be progress and not be in a place where we're putting ourselves in danger or people we care about or things that have come before us. So what I heard was it's going to change everything, right? Not just at home, not just at work. How do you, for our listeners, and I guess myself included to learn more about this is when we talk about generative AI, what is the practical kind of application that we'll see for Megan and for our listeners when it comes to how you work in an in-house corporation? Like where does generative AI fit into that? Can you explain to our listeners just what that looks like in their world? Absolutely. Where do we begin? I think that a good place to start would be something that we've already talked about, natural language processing. It's a buzzword, gets thrown around. There's some technology that have adapted it. Again, I'm really on this nostalgia kick. Remember like dragon natural speaking? Absolutely. So I think you think about things that we know of in theory, that's going to be more accessible to more people. So in in in-house corporate legal teams, you will be relying upon more of a natural language conversation using technologies like natural language processing. There will be intelligent document automation, which means that your generative AI models will be able to draft and review documents with similar or even better accuracy and consistency than what we currently deal with today. And it will also be compliant with all the legal requirements because guess what? It was trained on those documents and those laws and and rules. So there will be, the accuracy will be there. But at the same time, remember that old saying that, you know, do more with less? (laughs) Oh, the thing that we hear every day? Yeah. Every day. Every day. The funny thing about generative AI is that we'll be able to do that quite easily. So things like chatbots and virtual assistants will be able to have increase our ability to get access to legal information to be able to enhance your client interactions. 
and to be able to streamline your routine, mundane administrative tasks. Where before, you know, we're in five different repositories trying to do the same thing. And there's a potential that you're going to get lost in the sauce. And, you know, there'll be a translation issue where I think with generative AI, there'll be more opportunity for us to have a clearer, more concise summarization of the facts or the rules. Last week, we actually had dinner and we got on this generative AI conversation. And I've heard this quite frequently in the community of, okay, our company doesn't use chat GPT. So there's the first kind of dissociation or maybe helping our listeners understand that when we're talking about this generative AI category, it's not just one application, right? There are many facets to it. So what I wanted to do first was talk about really, there's two ways that you can augment AI. It's either improving the practice of law or being able to utilize the AI technologies as part of the business. So when we talk about AI to improve the practice of law, I think that's where a a lot of really important pushback and asking questions and wanting to pump the brakes comes from. I bet you experienced that at Coinbase, right? As you're blowing out a digital currency system, as you've tried to explain to me many times about the trading cards and being different. So walk our listeners through, and specifically Megan, how can you change the perception from we should be afraid of it because of it practicing law versus couldn't we just lean in more to could we use AI to start off with as just part of the business itself? Absolutely. Megan, you might want to come a little closer now. We're going, to get, we're going to do some educating here. And speaking of educating, we also want to make sure that everyone who's part of this new generation, old and new, we're all part of this together. Education is key. We're very much focused on people, process, and technology. We cannot forget the most important part, which is people. We want to be able to engage with the use of AI. So education and upskilling. So the comprehensive training and providing resources to legal professionals about AI technologies will be able to help them understand the benefits, limitations, and the potential impact on their roles. But if we focus specifically on the upskilling of the professionals, they will be encouraged and they will feel that they have these skills to adapt to new tasks and find and focus on higher value work that it really embraces the human element and engages with the human expertise. And you know where I've seen this before? Correct me if I'm wrong, right? This was the e-discovery movement, wasn't it? I mean, I remember being on the law firm side and they're like, hey, you're going to get this case logistics, right? And oh my gosh, we have to start indexing things and we can't use the tabs anymore. And we have to start tagging it for this weird thing called metadata. And you saw so many law firms were like, no, we're not getting behind that. We're still going to employ 67 law librarians to push around Redwells all day, right? So that's where I see it. Do you also see this as the next e-discovery educational movement when it comes to such a seismic earthquake of a technological advancement in our profession? Uh, Seismic movement, absolutely. But what's more important, again, to follow up with the education and the upskilling is the transparency. We all talk about how 
you know, large language models and generative AI can do a really good job about summarizations of the facts or summarization of uh, a number of complex issues. But you know what it's not really good at, at least at the moment, especially in the public eye, is it's not really good at explaining itself. So the, with transparency okay, okay. on how these models work is going to be also key so that it's similar to how like TAR was introduced in e-discovery. TAR took quite some time to be adapted and used fluidly within e-discovery and in the courts. We're at the same juncture. It just is happening at a much faster speed and there's a lot more at stake here. So again, these algorithms, uh, any of those uh, large language model engineers, if you're listening in, if you can make those algorithms designed to be very clear in explaining how it does what it does, I'm going to thank you in advance for all legal professionals for uh, helping us get over the hump of using something that we don't quite understand, not fully. This episode is made possible by our sponsor, Legal.io. Legal.io is the fastest growing community and marketplace for legal talent. Legal.io connects legal professionals to resources and opportunities at the world's leading in-house departments and firms. Legal.io is the launchpad for legal careers, matching legal ops professionals, attorneys, paralegals, and so many other legal professionals at some of the world's most exciting companies with a level of precision that only a data-driven, vertical-specific marketplace can provide. Supported by significant investors like Tiger Global, Legal.io is redefining the legal workspace. If you want to learn about the enterprise marketplace solution for legal talent, access salary surveys with compensation data as unique as you, and join their vibrant in-house legal community, visit www.legal.io. That's L-E-G-A-L dot I-O. Legal.io, your gateway to a global legal talent marketplace designed with the legal operations community in mind. Where I think we can improve as a professional community, and it really does start with the individuals who are practicing it every day. I have seen it from, you know, when I was in the seat at Credit Karma, thinking of how could I potentially leverage or utilize generative AI or just natural language processing itself. And then I realized it was embedded in the technologies that we were purchasing, right? So from the e-billing, we were able to extract data, which would be able to tell us stories about where our spend was so that we could potentially look at cost-saving measures or ALSPs. And now at Legal.io, I'm utilizing it but as part of the business. And so I'm using it in a different lens, even though I'm focused, you know, on internal legal operations and community, I'm finding different ways that I never did at Credit Karma, but they're complementary to what I'm doing in my seat here at Legal.io. So if you are out there and you're thinking, hey, how could I potentially use generative AI in legal ops? Think about it maybe in a way of CLM, you know, where it can automate those routine tasks, maybe speed up negotiations or increase revenue. But the potential applications of AI in our profession, it's untapped, right? I mean, think about 100%. legal research, due diligence, even legal strategy. And I saw that within this movement, right? You had this people who were utilizing the technology, but you didn't have an educational base. You didn't have those certifications. Then you didn't have the 
certificates and courses and companies then paying for you to go do that so that they could educate you to, so that you could bring better value back to the business. Can generative AI get there in our profession? Yeah. So I do believe, again, it will come up to trust in the company, trust in the courts. So the education is going to be key. But I also feel that with specific collaboration and oversight, it's like riding a bike. You're pedaling, you're kind of wobbling, you're not sure where you're going to go. But then you see that your AI is like, hey, lean a little bit more to the right. Like It's getting the trust with that. Now that brings me up to my other point, which I think having the ability to trust, trust is huge, right? It's a, it's a people concept that we need to make with AI. Getting the trust between what you're asking of it and what it is providing you and trust that it is not something that's going to eliminate a position, but it is going to make your job easier, make your work more efficient. So I think it's also about the lens of how you think about generative AI. There's a lot of spin cycle that's like, yep, it's going to take everyone's jobs out. And honestly, that's not true. A lot of it has to come down to, it's a new tool, right? It's like you're opening up your, your Nokia 3310 and trying to uh, send a text through Excel. Dear Kelly, please answer back. Yes, Kelly, holla at you, girl. She was texting Nelly, I think. That's what it was. She was texting Nelly. Correct. So I think, again, education is going to be the biggest component, but it's also going to be the trust that we're doing this the right way, that our data is not going to be out in the open ether, especially when it comes to legal data. So looking at ways to have to ensure that privacy and security is built into these large language models going forward, that has to be essential. Oh, we see this all the time. And you can fill in the blank of when you think about resistance to blank, right? Often stems from this lack of understanding or the fear of the unknown. So your point was exactly right where we're ultimately going to see the use of generative AI in our profession more by just overcoming this resistance by educating and having more transparency. So legal professionals that are out there, the house of dear legal ops, listen up, understand that the capabilities and the limitations of AI, it's a little muddy right now. So the more that we collaborate, the more that we have webinars, the more that we talk about it, you know, in our community events, ultimately we'll figure out how to use it to enhance our work to add value to the business. And in doing so, we're also going to learn how to build that trust in this technology and ultimately, you know, have clear communication, demonstrate its benefits, and address any of the concerns head on. So I really do resonate when you talk about that intersection of technology and trust because it is a cornerstone in our profession. We trust in the law and our colleagues and our intuition. But when it comes to technology, it's not that easy when you're trying to navigate uncharted waters. Look, through education, through transparency, by learning about this AI, we can start to build the trust. What I want for you to do if you wouldn't mind, Kyle, this has been incredible. I think we just scratched the surface of AI and maybe we should do this again. This was like, I like this where this is going. Maybe we should bring in some other people that have more to offer because 
where I am, and I think a lot of people are too, and hopefully, Megan, we've, we've allowed you to come on this journey with us to join us where a lot of the community is, is we just want to have open dialogues. And those open dialogues create that trusting space. So if you were to give Megan a kind of final thought on this topic, what would you leave her and our listeners, as well as our enthusiastic AI in-house evangelists on understanding how to use generative AI to make strategic decisions better and how we can learn from the e-discovery movement? Again, I think we are just seeing the beginning of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to generative AI, not just in legal, but in every facet of life. So think about this as a new technology that's going to embrace new possibilities. So I would say, play with it. Don't be afraid of it. Break it. Break, break it. it. Break, break it. it. Break yeah. it. Yeah. Toss it around. Oh. Find the ways that it works for you and works for your colleagues or your firm or your company. You're going to realize that, again, when I go back to what I said earlier about the idea of search, we had search limited to what the World Wide Web knows. Right now that we have that in a small little pocket, and it's not—I'm not referring to our cell phone either. It is literally learning what is available to whatever you want to train it upon. So, experiment. Uh, take something that maybe not exactly go on and take you know your litigation documents, but say like, hey, here's this 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 project that we've been working on. Let's pull all those documents into a trained AI, and let's ask it a question, and let's see what it comes up with because. Again, the human context is limited capacity. You take all that from many different angles and you'll get an interesting result and possibly may even take you to a new direction in that project. But that's, again, my big send-off on this final thoughts would be to get messy with it, play with it, get familiar with it because it's not going anywhere. It's going to be everywhere, whether you see it or not. And uh, early adopters get the worm. Ah, love that. Kyle, dude, would you love to tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and how we just know each other from Dodgeball? So Tom, you've been a titan in both the Dodgeball world and the... (laughs) Titan? Okay, go on. (laughs) Okay. Uh, See, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to scratch that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I love it. Keep going with it. I love it, I love it. In in the legal ops professional, as well as uh, supporting the creative side of dodgeball. And uh, I'm thankful to have run into you among the circuit of conferences that we've been to. But yes, uh, you said, how do you reach me? You may see me on a dodgeball court near you. So for those who don't know, uh, my name is Kyle Kelly. It's nice to meet you, even if it's just over audio. But I'm embarking on a new adventure, building the next generation of legal technology with Prediscovered. Building a legal technology company fresh out of a global pandemic and some stage of a recession is like jumping out of a plane with a blueprint of a parachute and figuring out the way down. You're kind of crazy for doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. But I am so excited to be building something that focuses on turning legal intelligence into business intelligence and redefining legal ROI. So if you want to ask any questions about that, please reach out to me at kyle at prediscovered.com 
or find me on LinkedIn or send a carrier pigeon. I won't tell you my address, but uh, you know how this works. We're adapting to new technologies and old technologies here on the Dear Legal Ops podcast. Yes, right for the House of Dear Legal Ops. Well, Kyle Kelly, my friend, I will see you in two Mondays at Dodgeball. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. We're venturing into an era where artificial intelligence, especially generative AI, is really reshaping our world and the legal landscape. I mean, think about it. It's a future filled with potential, with those greater efficiencies and new insights that revolutionize how we operate. But with this promise, we also face the challenges of establishing that faith in these systems, in their ability to deliver, and in the transparency and education to advance it. Trust as we know it, it's not bestowed, it's earned. Y'all, we've been here before. I feel like we're just passing boardwalk again as we play another game of legal monopoly. And I'm not just crazy rounding the same corner, collecting $200 again. We've been here before with so many technology disruptions. And my awesome friend and our guest, Kyle Kelly, informed us today, Don't be afraid of generative AI. Keep talking with the community. And let's be honest where it is or should be. That's what building trust with technology is all about. After all, before we had an EDRM chart outlining the steps, those associations to gather all of us so that we can get the educational certificate and get better jobs, someone down the hall at the law firm with the title of legal librarian emerged and said, Y'all, who's getting ready to get jiggy with e-discovery? And was promptly told that they would never get adopted and their ideologies in the legal profession. The e-discovery movement has had its fair share of naysayers, and it might have even had a midlife crisis. But with time, patience, and a touch of tech evangelism, it's now part of our day-to-day lives. Fast forward a few decades, and we're standing at the intersection of technology and trust in the legal profession, pondering if the impact of generative AI within in-house legal departments is achievable. Y'all, remember when cell phones were the size of briefcases and our classic Nokia discussion today, all the way to now being on a mission to become an extra limb and a pair of ocular glasses. Yes, we adapted pretty quickly, didn't we? In all seriousness, the fusion of technology and trust, it's going to redefine our workspaces and lives. But let's not forget about that secret house of dear legal ops sauce, the human element. We've got empathy, judgment, and values. And while AI can handle the data, we handle the heart. We should aspire to a similar journey for generative AI. Yes, I get it. It's going to take some time. And there's going to be some hurdles along the way. But our role as legal professionals, it's not just about interpreting the law. It's about understanding the human stories intertwined with it, advocating for justice, and nurturing relationships based on trust. Generative AI can equip us with these tools, but it cannot replicate our empathy, our judgment, or our values. For more Dear Legal Ops content, make sure to follow us on all social media using the handle at Dear Legal Ops. Have a tough legal ops topic you want us to tackle? Share your legal ops stories with us at dearlegalops.com submit.
for a chance to be featured on the show. Dear Legal Ops is produced by Red Rock Music. As always, I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. Until next time.